Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode of our Personal Line series, Associate Editor Chris Han talks with Eileen Anders, the Chief Financial Officer of Alliant. Eileen shares her experience growing up in Las Vegas. She talks about what it was like to move from the CIO to the CFO position, and how she has learned to learn from others along the way. Give it a listen. Okay, we are here with Eileen Anders, the Chief Financial Officer of Alliant. Uh, and Eileen, you are in North Carolina, but you have lived, worked in many places. You told me you grew up in Las Vegas, went to college in Boston, moved to San Diego to get a master's degree, and you're now in North Carolina. I hate to play favorites, but do you have a favorite? That's that's four very different parts of the world, of, of the country, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fair question. Um you know, each of those parts of the country have their own unique benefits and drawbacks, I guess. Um, it's hard not to be partial to North Carolina, given that I've been here now for 16 years of my life. So, you know, we, we love both the coast and the mountains, and North Carolina has both. Um, it's a great place to raise kids. You know, it's a relatively easy place to travel to and from. So all of those things have, have really made it home. And I think I would be lying if I picked any other location as my favorite. Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you though a little bit about growing up in Las Vegas. That had to be. Uh, were, 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 was your family involved in the in the casino business, or how, how did that? T- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, they actually were not involved in the casino industry. Uh, maybe you know tangentially to a degree, but my uh, grandparents actually moved to Las Vegas uh, back in the 30s, started a, a, you know, a children's clothing and toy store um, that was, you know, just off of the strip. And so therefore fairly, fairly successful. Um, You know, when, when people were successful gambling, they went shopping. So um, (laughs) it was of course before all of the the mega malls around Las Vegas that exist today. So um, yeah, so I'm actually second generation uh, born and raised in Las Vegas and um, you know, my, my mom was involved actually in, uh, the business of psychology as was my stepfather. So, you know, we, you know, to some degree interacted with those in the, the gaming industry, but, but really it was focused on, um, you know, more medical and mental health. Okay. Okay. You were the chief information officer before taking on the role of CFO, those jobs to me, seem to require two very different sets of skills. Am I wrong? Well, there's an overlap there, but but I think you're right in general. You need to understand technology to some degree, certainly. Um, you know, and in, in finance, you certainly need to understand that as well. So they do seem very disparate. Um, what I'll tell you is I've always been a little bit of a hobbyist on the technology side. I don't consider myself a technologist by any means, but I understand the, you know, the basics of it. Um, you know, back in the day, I, I built a computer when that was a thing. I, I'm sure people still do it, but, you know, back in the mid nineties, that was pretty cool to be able to build your own computer. Um, you know, I, I understand data. I understand how to use technology to accelerate ultimately the outcomes you, you want to get to. So, um, this was back in, gosh, I guess it was 2011. 
the company decided, you know, we really wanted to head down the path of developing and uh, becoming, you know, the, the front runner in terms of client facing technology. We had done very little from that perspective. We have a lot of great technologists in the company running the day-to-day, you know, you know, underpinnings and network and help desk and all of those things, um, but really hadn't spent a lot of time developing the vision and the strategic direction for the client-facing technology. So um, I was tasked with that, and it was, you know, something I, I probably would have said at some point in my career, I'll be a CIO, but it was a great, you know, five years spent doing exactly what I described and really helping get that strategy off the ground. Um, and so we made a lot of progress and, you know, we continue to do so. I think, you know, technology moves so quickly. It's always uh, trying to figure out the best use of, of the tools that are out there for not just, you know, the internal efficiencies, but, but for our clients. And, um, you know, we continue to do that today. Obviously, I'm not CIO anymore. Um, you know, we've got someone in that seat who's, you know, running a really large strategic part of the organization and, you know, it continues to move in the right direction. Were there lessons that you learned as CIO that you have been able to apply to your role as CFO? Yes. Yes, I I think I have. And I would say probably the biggest lesson is we have a lot of really, really bright people working really hard to help accomplish a vision. And, you know, as CIO, there's, um, I think one of the things people commonly talk about in business is, Technologists speak IT and business people speak business. And there's always, there's often, I shouldn't say always, but there's often a disconnect between the two. I think one of the things I learned is, you know, everybody um, working on a project is working really hard. Like I said, lots of very bright people working very hard to accomplish things. If you can help bridge that communication gap and help the technology folks understand where the business perspective is coming from and help the business folks understand where the technology perspectives are coming from, it tends to make things move a lot more quickly and with a lot less friction. So I think, you know, in in both roles really that applies, but um, in terms of really being in it at a deeper level as CIO, I think I was able to bring that now back to the business side also. Is there a leader in the business world in any industry who you most admire? Well, there are a lot. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think the way I think about um, people I admire or heroes, as you asked earlier, is I think there's lots of parts of things people do that are very impressive to me. You know, I think Steve Jobs was a fanatical about quality of a product that he wanted and he had a vision for it and it didn't stop until he, you know, saw that vision through. I really admire that. Would I say he's the most admired person in my world from a business perspective? Probably not, but I really admire, um, you know, that those character traits of his, Um, you know, by the same token, there are people that I admire that have done, you know, other things in the business world that are really, really impressive that might have also done some wacky things in their personal life. So, you know, I would hate to say I would admire that person um, as a whole, but there are things I think you can you take from leaders out there um, and, and, you know, say, you know, that that's something I would like to emulate or would like to be able to accomplish in, in my career. And so certainly lots of influences out there, as I mentioned. Um, and, you know, so many accomplished people, it's hard to pick one or two. You are a, a 
uh, a woman in a, in a very high level executive position in an industry that's still dominated by men? Do you feel a, a, an obligation to, or just a desire to to mentor young women in coming up in the in the industry? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have a desire to mentor um, young women people of diversity, um, you know, anybody who feels like they are effectively an outsider, you know, in, in this industry, because you're right, it still continues to be run by, you know, generally speaking, middle-aged white men. Um, you know, and, and in my entire career, I've primarily worked with men and fortunately very, um, you know, inspirational and, and uh, you know, great role models, you know, in, in some degrees and, and great um, colleagues in, in most ways. And so I've been fortunate. I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I do continue to, to mentor lots of different people along the way. And, you know, I think the question I get asked a lot is, well, you know, how did you get from A to Z and sort of what's the magic recipe? And it's, I don't think there's a magic recipe. I think it's unique for everybody. You know, obviously you've got to be able to perform at a high level, but beyond that, it's, you know, kind of up to you to decide what is the path you want to head down and how do you navigate that that makes sense for you. Um, it's not, I don't think it's as clear cut as a formula for people. When you were uh, a younger person in, in the business coming up and making your way, were there uh, women uh, mentors in higher positions who, who mentored you or, or advised you in any way? I'm sad to say I never had a woman in a higher position that I could look to as a mentor. Um, you know, like I said, most of the people I worked with were, were men. Um, and, you know, at times there are females along the way that, you know, may have been peers or, or, or potentially above me, but not necessarily in a role um, from a mentorship perspective. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think there are things that you can look to people um, kind of across the board that that might be a higher level than you might be, you know, doing something at a different organization than you that that might be impressive and, and learn some things. And so um, that's always been the way I have, you know, if you want to call it self, it's not self mentoring, but without having an official mentor looks to people as, you know, to, to influence how I would, um, you know, move through my career. Yeah, yeah. What are there are there folks who you would identify as as the most influential mentors for you uh, in your career? Yeah, there's probably been a couple. Um, you know, certainly more than others, I would say. And you know, maybe one that that I always think about is somebody that that was actually a consultant to an organization, not this organization, but that I worked at previously. Um, and he just sort of took it on. Uh, you know, I took it on to his own to, to try and give me some pointers here and there for whatever reason. Um, I was working with him, you know, on project as a very junior analyst type. Um, and, and he said some things that have always stuck with me. And, you know, I, I appreciate those now today and think back, you know, to those, you know, I'm not sure if it resonated entirely at, you know, not early in my career, but, you know, as I moved through my career, it certainly stuck with me things like, you know, when you're sitting in a room and even though you're sitting there knowing you're learning as a young person a lot, you need to speak up because people either think, one, you're too stupid to be there, you don't belong, or two, you know better than everybody. And neither of those are good perceptions to have. So, you know, I think, you know, from those, there were some things along the way like that that he, hmm. he would just 
say um, that would influence me. And, you know, I think another, you know, mentor type of mine that I, I've worked with for many years, um, probably one of the, the most uh, impactful pieces of advice, if you want to call it that, was, you know, everybody has a way that they listen to people figure out your way to listen. And I think really what was behind that is figure out what's not being said. And, you know, that's a great piece of advice for anyone in any career, quite honestly, or in life, which is just learn how to hear behind the words. I think as Americans, particularly, we tend to um, not always be as direct in conversations. Um, sometimes people dance around things. Sometimes people intentionally are evasive about things. But if you can hear or understand the agenda behind it, it's very helpful to navigate either conversations or challenges or, you know, transactions, et cetera, et cetera. So there have been um, people that I have worked with along the way that have given me some great advice. Well, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. And I really, really appreciate your time and your help with this. That was Eileen Anders, CFO of Alliant. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more personalized podcasts, go to leadersedge.com.